0: Hey everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. First thing you can do for me is make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you choose to listen. Make sure you're subscribed and getting notifications. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Racing on the Rocks. Today's show is brought to you by the single best tire in the UTV market to date. I just got done watching the Southern Rock Racing series, uh, Cup Series and uh, had a couple guys get flats. And let me tell you what they wouldn't get by using the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. They wouldn't be getting flats. I personally run these tires, run them in the Kevlar, have greatly abused these tires. And when I say abuse these tires, I've put them in crazy situations. So if you're on the fence looking to try something new, I highly recommend the Supergrip ATV K9 Tire. uh, Eight ply sidewalls alongside uh, some of the most deep and aggressive tread lugs that money can buy. It's been a really great tire for me. Um, I personally recommend and run the standard compound, uh, and I can tell you that Supergrip is just making their tires better and better, and they should be more readily available in the coming weeks because Supergrip is actually doubling their production. So go check them out, SuperGrip ATV on Facebook, Instagram, and superatv.com. Second, I want to tell you about my friends over at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, this dude is like a shock refurbishing machine. Uh, he does tuning while he's in there, but one of the craziest things that he's been posting here lately is these shocks that he's getting from buddies and customers. And basically, the way a shock is set up is you have a, an outer body, a piston, and then there's partly fluid, and then there's partly uh, gas in some of those shocks there's nitrogen in the oil which is the gas and the oil they're getting all mixed up it's foamy bubbly nasty basically it's not even worth having the shock on the car and i mean when it really comes down to it because you're going to get a really crappy experience out of it it's not something that you want to do um shock servicing should be done you know pretty regularly i'm using that loosely here because i mean i've only had it done to my vehicle once because i've only owned one that long that needed shock servicing for that length of time, but I can tell you right now, um, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is the place to have it done, whether it's your full size, side by side, your whatever it may be, your Jeep, whatever it is, he can get you fixed up and if you are looking to buy a setup or you know do some this or that, Uh, Diddy's Big Block does everything from shock tuning, shock servicing, turnkey builds, wiring, and is even a parts manufacturer for a lot of different things, including Mark Williams Enterprises. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Give those guys a follow. They are excellent. Third is All Things UTV. Guys, I saw a... uh, a video this week in, the, in one of the Honda groups on Facebook, and, in, and it was like a seventy-five foot tree had come straight through the floorboard of his Honda Talon, and I just I had to comment on there and, and throw my two cents in because uh, there's a reason that those inner fender liners are a necessity, and it is to save your life or your passenger's life. I can now go fast and not necessarily have to worry about things coming through the floorboard. I mean, I don't. I'm more concerned that I'm going to run into a tree. But the beautiful part of it all is I don't have to worry about those crazy objects coming through the floor because All Things UTV has me hooked up with a set of their inner fender liners. I bought those, and they are super tight fit, super snug, and I installed them in about 25 minutes very much so a very important upgrade uh that and their tender spring upgrades should be something that every new razor or utv owner gets right out of the box all things utv on facebook instagram and allthingsutv.com fourth and not finally Irate rate four x four. So for those who kind of haven't caught on to what Irate four x four is, it is a technical form, um, a lot like one of the old forms that used to be out there that's very, very famous. Um, but you get a whole bunch of different things. You can get, uh, obviously you have the forum post, there's articles, there's events, there's a store, tons of resources and tons of different groups on the website as well. That's irate4by4.com. And let me just run you through some of these trending posts. Um, They've been posting a whole lot of pictures on their Instagram and Facebook this week. It's been awesome, but there's a post here about an F-150 crawler build, an 89 F-150. It's a really cool build. Uh, Shop, consumables, and and then basically this guy's asking for uh, budget-friendly options for those little things in the shop that just seem to go way too fast. Uh, Everything from that to wire feed, welder product and even uh, conversations about mismatched diff splines. And that's just on the front page. It goes way better, way deeper, in all kinds of other different topics. If you're looking for a location to get solid information about your rig, if you have questions, or even build a build thread so you can go back in five years after you've sold your rig and reminisce. irate4x4.com. irate4x4 on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is the best. I'm actually going down to the owner's house this weekend because I keep blowing fuses in my car. So I'm gonna have to put everything to a relay because the guy who had my machine before me wired everything to the accessory pole. So I'm in all kinds of fun. Whether it's rock lights, whips, wheel rings. Mouth's getting dry here. (laughs) Rock lights, whips, wheel ring, light bar, light pod. Wiring or power controllers for your UTV, full size Jeep, or truck, Infinite Offroad has it all for you. Um, I can tell you because I personally use their products. Like I said, I'm just going to go get another wiring, a couple wiring kits this weekend to not only simplify my wiring process, but I'll be able to add in a relay with pretty much no knowledge of electric anything. I actually gave Mike a call and Told him, hey, man, here's what I'm doing, and here's what I'm thinking. Here, What do I need? And he told me what I needed and told me I'd be able to do it because I don't want to set anything on fire and all that kind of fun stuff that comes with electricity. So uh, they're really the best, and their customer service is seriously unparalleled. They give listeners of the podcast 10% off the entire website. I'll be using that myself this weekend. At infiniteoffroad.com, 10% off with code word ROCKS. Yeah, buddy. All right. Today's show is Tim Meeks. Tim is a good dude, man. If you guys want to talk about, you know, we we talk a little bit about it in the episode, but some of the people that make the off-road family what it is, uh, Tim is right there. Uh, We talk a lot about the Ride for a Cure uh, event coming up in September, how to get uh, tickets, how to, or where it's at, what they're going to be there. That race is, or that event is going to be a Southern Rock Racing Series points race, Pro Rock is going to be there. It's going to be an amazing time, and I hope everybody can make it. But more so than anything, I'm very thankful that Tim took some time out of his extremely busy schedule to come talk to the show. So I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. Without further ado, Tim Meeks.
1: Get a drink and gather round. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Click up here and then boom. How you doing, man? All right, man. Good to finally be on here. I know you've been... Doing it for a few, was about a year at least, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. I think in February, it was our one year. So we're running about a year and a half right now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I was, it's like, uh, I was like, man, there really should be like a racing type of podcast out. And I yeah. was like, man, I'd like to do that, but my time, I you know time is rough. And then it's like right then, you put on, you, you know, you was talking about starting one. It was yeah. weird that I about the same time and you started it up.
0: Well, I remember talking to you about it, and you were, you know, we were we were kind of exchanging ideas, about how to do it, the technology stuff like that. Uh, so I was I was personally waiting for you to kick yours up and, and you know <laughs> see how that all and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, we actually I got a chance to meet you pretty early on um, at the <clears throat> Unlimited Off Road Expo. Yeah, uh, awesome. It was cool because you know there is this circle of guys in the off-road community here in the Southeast. And you were like the first one that I got to meet
1: person to person. So I was excited, man. So standing in line to grab beside each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, other than that, man, dude,
1: how's business been for you? Uh, You mentioned earlier you're you're busy, but how's it going? Uh, Yeah, so um, right there at the very 1st of July, we swapped over to – for our brush monster products to be mm-hmm. all American, you know, we got rid of the last Chinese parts on them and swapped swap, yeah. which is, uh, I've been trying to do that for years. It takes a lot of money and a lot of uh, forecasting to get to be able to swap to American parts. And it was, it took me at least a year and a half to do it, but we finally finalized that. Uh, I think that was a big step in our business um, and doing that, we invented a whole new line of brush cutters that we named the Revolution Cutters. It's top of the line motors, uh, a new deck design that's a little stronger than the last one we had that was already built great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we just uploaded a few other uh, parts into it to uh, Mm -hmm. real molten teeth in there. And uh, nobody's putting quite that good of parts on these brush cutters, Mm -hmm. so we kind of peaked out from what everybody else is doing and that's give us a lot of success this year.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. My question is, you know, I know you as the off-road guy and now the brush monster, you know, I've seen it come through the social media and stuff like that. Which one came first? Was it this, you know, kind of tooling
1: uh, fabrication or was it the off-road fabrication that came first? Yeah, it was definitely the um, off-road stuff. Okay. Um, You know, back when I was like 23 years old, uh, I wanted a Jeep to go off-roading and uh couldn't really afford to buy a jeep that was suitable so we decided we'd just build build something sure. <laughs> and never had welded or anything so we just my man my buddy we just broke down and we uh went and bought pipe from the scrap yard to make <laughs> our link bars and <laughs> <we> took, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the broke guy's success uh, for link bars is you go to truck supply and buy the third link bar for the rear hitch. Cut oh, the end yeah. off and weld it in the pipe. Now you got $10 <laughs> bonds.
0: Okay. Well, let me, hang on. Let me pause you here because uh, this is like a, this is one of those Facebook like anomalies and trolls. He's like, in my opinion, this guy is like the number one off-road troll right now. There's some guy that made his buggy out of some kind of pipe. And like, said he would beat everybody in a race. I have no idea who he is or anything about his buggy other than everyone called it Project Poop Pipe. And first off, whoever came up with it, that's hysterical. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, you know, his argument was guys make their, you know, guys make rigs out of this kind of buggy or this kind of pipe uh, out of the t- all the time. Is that like a common thing to mix up pipe from that kind of
1: material? Uh usually i mean dom is kind of expensive but it's it's not crazy expensive but people use do use hrew a lot which right. is that structural pipe um but honestly our first buggies i mean people would cut pipe out of these big uh factories and stuff and they'd scrap mm-hmm. it well it was just uh steam pipe mm-hmm. it was like a quarter inch wall but <laughs> it wasn't structural it was pressure pipe and yeah. it probably wasn't the safest one we didn't know any better and second yeah. Super cheap to go get in yeah. the scrapyard. So we made it work. Um, which we rolled it a lot. We never had a failure, a pipe failure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it was definitely not what you would felt the safest, you know, safest in. Hey,
0: hey, look at some of the cages that come on
1: the UTV. I bet you're way safer than they are. Oh, yeah. Well, that's still structural tubing. So it's kind of designed a little bit for that. But yeah, definitely don't hold up for a you know, I don't want to roll down a hill in it for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay, you get the Jeep, you kind of start getting the ball rolling. When does it turn into, you know, the the Rocky Hollow Metal that
1: we all know now? Um, so, we built the Jeep, and uh, I actually, I had shoulder surgery. So, I, I had six weeks to do nothing. So, I decided I, after about a week, I'm like, all right, I'm building this Jeep. So, I started working on it, and I think what really pushed me to, go to the next level was I hand cut a whole lot of parts with yeah. a cutter. Yeah. Uh, no drag tip. You just had to hold it above the metal and draw your part. <laughs> and then days of a drill press, drilling holes in it. Yeah. And I told myself, I will never do this again. So yeah. I ordered the parts to build a CNC plasma table and learn how to run that. And after that, that was I really, it was a long time before I built myself something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that's crazy too, is like, I, I'll see, you know, you'll kind of decide in a couple of days notice that, Hey, I'm going to, like, we're going to build a razor buggy. Like for the, for the event coming up, you guys, did you, I think you guys tried to knock it out in the day and had an issue with, with yeah. tell, tell me about that because you're the only person I've ever seen that's like, Hey, I'm going to build a buggy this weekend or, you know, my, your kid's buggy that you built. You like whip
1: that thing up like nothing, and it's—I've never seen anybody do that. How, what do yeah. you? Do? So, um, it's—I mean, it's kind of cheating, I guess. Sure. Uh, I've designed on the computer ahead of time, so I've already got everything designed, cut. We know what we're building. Um, so like the one I just built for me, we built kind of two that's pretty identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and one of my guys, we cut all the pipe, bent it, it was notched, and tacked the whole thing together in seven hours. I mean, yeah, that's that's the one we would have done probably faster.
2: Yeah.
1: But the bender, we had an issue with the bender and kind of shut it down for the day. But, um, and then I had two guys come in during the week and build most of it in about five hours.
2: That's, that's um, insane.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of guys, uh, don't, you know, they're hand notching pop parts mm-hmm. and pop, and that takes a long time. So we got that, uh, Bentec Dragon. So it, notches the pipe, marks where you bend it, how much to bend it, where the other pipes go on there. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like a little puzzle now. You don't really have to know anything about fabricating. You don't really have to know anything about how to mark bends to notch them or rotate it. It just does it all for you.
0: Now let me ask you this because uh, there's, uh, I believe it's Bentech. Let me just triple check myself here. Ventec, the software, um, yeah. Yeah, It is them. Okay. Uh, They make a pretty gnarly piece of software that is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of expensive, but they have an intro version. Um, I've thought about buying that software multiple times just so I can, like, kind of see what it is and and get my hands on it. Because I always think to myself, you know, I could learn how to build these out in bentech and then send them off to a 3d printer and see if i like it when it's you know in real life and things like that uh is this is this a good investment for someone who like i mean i'm not a fabricator but i mean maybe could i could send a file to somebody have them build it and then ship uh, it. Back? yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah if you want to design it yourself and let somebody put it together for you that that used that to build with yeah yeah i mean that's relatively cheap for the the power that the program has yes um, can, now in the cheaper versions they only let you like i can't really remember because it's been so long since i used the cheaper ones but you'll use you only have like three bins in a pop or something yeah
0: yeah and you, mean, like you can't bend in three dimensions it's all three dimensional. yeah
1: right. um <clears throat> they have a sheet metal part it's not the best but honestly mm-hmm. they're just like we're not trying to be the best sheet metal developers but we we put it in there so you'd have something yeah Um, but the tubing i mean i've tried to draw stuff uh on my other programs in tube and it's Mm -hmm. really hard Mm -hmm. this is by far the easiest thing to draw pop in um you can just put a dot out there make it bend if you don't like it you can literally just click a button and push it around to make Mm -hmm. it look like you want to so that's if i like some of the wilder buggies that i've built that have real Mm -hmm. curves that are crazy and stuff like that i mean i just look at it from the front bump it over take it to the side and see if it still looks good you know so it's it's real easy to design you know what you're getting when you get done
2: yeah
0: that's cool and that you may have just sold it somewhere down the road i'll probably pick that up because um there's a lot of times and we can talk about this too like the rc market for chassis and things like that has taken off like crazy and i know there's a couple guys who that's their living to make rc chassis and um, man it would be so handy to you know just say send something off like this or 3d print a chassis and you know if i'm jake berkey or or someone who's going to start planning on mass producing these things why not have a couple of them 3d printed on your desk so that when someone walks in you can say hey this is what
1: i can build you in you know a month or whatever oh yeah yeah that would be cool to have a little model printed yeah exactly exactly i've been thinking about that for a while (laughs) but anyway how good that three D three D printing holds up. I mean, it may hold up good enough to race. It. Yeah, well, that, you know, I know there's different levels. You can three D print metal, so that would definitely work. But that may yeah. not. That the cost well, on that
2: might be a
0: little yeah. rough. <laughs> but I have a friend who works at a he works at a materials engineering place down the road from my house, and he he mentioned to me, uh, he's like, if you can get it into a CAD format, which Vintech will export to a CAD format, he's right. like, I'll print it in carbon fiber for you. And I was like yeah, cool. yeah. So i was like there's a lot of moving parts there but anyways uh it's all really cool stuff and, th- and that's cool it's really interesting to see how much that speeds up the process because you know there have been plenty of where i've talked to guys in you know, mm-hmm. shops and they're like you know you're looking at three four months before you know i can get you to a point where i'm bringing you in for you know this tube here and this here it's, it's a really long process,
1: but it's really cool that you have it nailed down. Like you can send pictures of, you know, what it looks like to the customers, see what they want to change. Yeah. Um. So, like, I mean, and it's nice, too. I'm not wasting pop. If, if I don't like it, I just change it. Yeah. I mean, I can sit on my, on my couch with my laptop <laughs> and design buggies. <laughs> you yeah. know. I ain't got to yeah. be in the shop. You know, like, I started that supercar buggy, um and it's extremely wild chassis mm-hmm. I don't know if i've seen it um i'm gonna find a picture of it here in just a second so you can go ahead and keep yeah, it it's, it's in there it's not too far down uh and we was waiting to get our laser hooked up because i was wanting to build uh, a lot of the door parts out of the laser mm-hmm. so we kind of put it on hold then we got mixed in with this uh rod for a cure buggy so we now we're just trying to get that out uh, amongst all the other stuff we're doing yeah,
0: dude, I'm just sitting here. It's so funny. I'm going through your pictures and there's like so many different things I want to talk to you about. Um in the first one, uh, it's gotta it's gotta be your, your kid buggy. I'm gonna come back to the, the sport the sport style buggy you had talking about. But uh let me talk to you about the kids buggy because I think everyone who's been off road and who is either a dad or you know has kids or what have you, they want to do this. And yeah. You have done it, and not only did you do it, but you went with a style that, truthfully, I've never
2: seen before, uh, and I think it's really, really great. I love it. Uh, yes,
1: to, so, go ahead. Tell <laughs> me about it. We want to do like a little Ultra 4 look, and um I didn't really want to use the plastic, so we just cut the whole front end off and extended the frame out to kind of give that Ultra 4 look, mm-hmm. um, and we put a regular cage on it, and of course, my wife is five foot <laughs> yeah, so uh, of course we had to we had to bump his seat up so he could sit over the dash, but she uh-huh. can still sit in it and drive. That's so awesome. um, Fine we take uh, we can swap her out with him just by swapping the seats. Yeah, and so she can drive or he can drive. Um, but we just want to do a little sheet metal work to it and kind of give it like a little racing look for him. <laughs> and uh, so we use the stock frame for the razor on the bottom okay um just save time and money and really see what he was going to do before he builds him a full-fledged you know bouncer yeah um which it looks like we're building a buggy next year (laughs) because he's driving it and is excited and uh no fear yet he told me the other day he said i think we should just go roll it over so i know what it feels like (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's not that's a that's a really crazy thing for a kid to say because that's uh, that's he's he's ready. Uh, yeah. Let me let me let me go back just a second because there's a couple of things that I'm curious about. You mentioned it's just changing out the seats between your wife and your son. Um, yeah. What seat are you using for your son where he's in that
1: position? Because a lot of us who have kids, I'd love for my little girl to be able to see over the steering wheel. But oh, yeah. So we just took uh, stock. Uh, seat base and made a bracket to fit it so it's uh i can't remember the brand but i got him off ebay
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: was his racing seats and he's seven and it still fits him you know if he grows three, more inches up top he's gonna have to swap over but right now it it fits him it's real skinny it holds him from flopping around mm-hmm. um, and we're fixing to do the other one for her so that we can just pop that seat right in and what we've done, we've got the quick connects on the harnesses. So you just mm-hmm. take the harnesses loose, fold them into the seat, pull the seat out, swap seats, clip them right back in. Yeah, that's really so nice. Five minutes you can swap. That's really nice.
0: Now, is he when he's driving in this thing, uh, is he doing mostly
1: like laps around the backyard? Or you guys got him doing trail riding? What you guys got him? Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, I've got like 28 acres at the house and we've got a bunch of trails wow. through there. And yeah. some of it's you know, not crazy hills, but it's definitely not mm-hmm. flat. And even like his first day, the trails are so tight. You've got about two inches between some of the trees. Yeah. And it's in curves and stuff. I think he hit the passenger front tire like three times. I mean, he oh, couldn't yeah. even hit it. So <laughs> yeah. I say, thought I mean, that great, yeah. you know, that, that he did that good. And I'd go a little faster and let him keep up with me. Yeah. And so at the end of day one, I got the skid steer out there and made that jump for him. Yeah, I'll find and, it. Uh day two, he was pumped. And now that's all he talks about. See wants to go jump heels.
0: No way. Man, that is uh that's really special. I'll just say it like that. That's super special because you know, a lot of times people, kids, you know, don't get into it and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I have not for my lack of trying, I've tried to get my stepdaughter into it, and we haven't passed the uh the like noise barrier yet. <laughs> Uh, she had not grown up around, you know, off-road or vehicles like with no exhaust
1: on them. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's we're still we're working on it. So I'm hoping yeah. that, that will change, though. Well, my little girl, when she was little, she would drag me out of the house to the shop, you know, by the hand. Get home yeah. and we have to go ride. And then yeah. one day, she was just scared. She'd get in the razor. She'd cry. She'd be like, no.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah. we yeah. made her ride one day. Uh, I was like, well, you're either getting in the razor or you're going to stay home by yourself because we're going to go ride down the road Uh, (laughs) at my buddy's property. And she's like, all right, I'm coming. And ever since then, it's been right back. Let's go. Okay. Go riding. Yeah. I need to... uh, A couple years there, she was out completely. Yeah,
2: Yeah. That's
0: the craziest thing to me is, you know, this... I mean... If i'm an adult riding somebody else's razor it's a somewhat jarring experience you know it, it's not i mean it's not like you're gonna fall asleep but it's that whole like the constant hum of the engine just the right amount of like little bit of bumps to it and and i see pictures all the time on facebook of kids just passed out in the back and i oh, always yeah. think to myself like man i'm someone who can fall asleep anywhere but i couldn't even dream of falling asleep back there that's awesome <laughs>
2: yeah definitely fall asleep in there
0: yeah so what else is going on? uh you know we'll talk about the the new buggy that you guys are building right now, but what else is going on in the
1: in the work area? What are you guys doing anything new or you just to catch up? um well, if you wanna uh kick back to that buggy for just a second uh <laughs> some people might wanna know it's a it's a one thousand frame and It's, it's a, uh five seventy motor oh, okay. Yep, we is took it, the motor out of an ace. I like what you stuck did. Stuck in here. there. Yeah, I like what you did there. Just uh, we took the motor out of an ace and stuck it in there. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and then everything else about it besides the motor and the um, gas pedal and the radiator is a uh, is turbo.
2: Oh, cool!
1: So turbo suspension, turbo rear axles go right in. Turbo front diff and front axles, turbo shocks. So when we're when we're ready to swap them over and build a buggy, all we have to do is motor, wiring harness, uh radiator, and gas pedal. He's
0: full race ready. That's awesome. How do you so? Okay, the the hurdle that is the wiring harness. You know, it's a pain in the ass, like a lack of a better word. Uh, how much of a how much time does that take someone who's
1: who's got it down? Is it still a very lengthy process to swap the wiring harness? Yeah, uh, in a in a factory razor, that's a long job because there's so much plastic that has to mm-hmm. come out. You almost got to take it completely apart. Um, I mean, we can swap a wiring harness in a buggy in probably 30 minutes. Man, it's really not bad.
0: You know, it's so funny you say that because I um, I'm putting some trailing arms on my car, and I just think to myself, man. I have a, I have a bed delete on there right now, but I kept the the plastics around the wheel. Yeah. And I sit here every single time that I get into there to work on something, whether it's the front or the back, I'm like, I wish I could just strip all this off, and it not look horrendous. You know, yeah. it just it's so inconvenient, and there's so many different things. You know, I, I had a rock bouncer for a short while, and the fact that like everything is within like you can just stick your hands and you touch everything.
1: Yeah. It is. I I miss it every single day. Yeah, it's so easy to work on stuff, change parts. I mean, you just you're right there. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's really nice. So uh, I'm really curious though. Is is this car the 570 motor? How did you get it in there? I mean, Um, I think we spaced the motor mounts out three eighths of an inch on both sides. Okay, they bolted right up. And then the rear transmission mount, I did build that. Okay. I think it had to I think I had to drop it like an inch or something. Um, so I just cut out a whole new transmission mount. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically fit right in there. It's a nine hundred transmission.
0: Okay, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. Is it is that the same transmission that comes in the five seventy?
1: It is, yeah. Okay. They already have the same as the nine hundred. So that's why the the rear axles for the turbo fit in there.
2: How, how dude, this is just
0: so many bells and whistles of like the details of like weird mismatch
1: of parts that all just seem to work out with each other. That's really cool. They did work out good. And that five seventy has plenty of power for him. I mean really? it's fast. Um which I mean I can drive it. My head touches the roof, but I can drive it. Uh <laughs> it gets down and you know, when you stomp it, it still goes pretty fast, especially when you're seven and have never drove nothing but a go kart. I mean, yeah. It's moving for Say so we make keep it in low, but it's still moving.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so, and and I'm sure there's. Well, let me ask you: the first time he gets in there, and you know, you start seeing that confidence build up. Do you ever have that moment where you're like, "He's being it's, it's a the confidence is too high," you know, it's bound.
1: Yeah, there's a pretty big ditch at our house. Oh. It's a couple feet deep, and we're still talking to him and teaching him how to drive, and. Yeah. He hits that ditch at like a 45, which I was like, uh And when he got to the ditch, he just stomped it, which oh, wow. was the safest way to cross it, but he didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I, trust me. I can only imagine what it's like, like putting your kid in a razor and like just being like, all right, go get the feel for it. I put yeah. my, like I said, I put my daughter on a four-wheeler and I was like waiting for her to run into the fence and like run into the street. And I was so yeah. just like, you're going to hit it. I just need to be there to put you back
1: on <laughs> Right. Well, so that's that's really where it came from. Uh, you know, we we could have got an ace and just let him drive that. But, of course, sure. the footprint's a lot smaller. It mm-hmm. doesn't flex as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, really, we just wanted somebody else in there with him. Yeah. You know, so we can yeah. sit with him, talk him through the ride, you know, yeah. um, and just help him out. Like, we went to the Indian Mountain Off-Road Park uh, yeah. just to look around, and he was – Following all these regular grown men, yeah, uh, down some pretty steep hills. That was his first time going down steep hills, and he done good and went up some steep stuff. And I mean, he said he got a little nervous <laughs> once he got to the top. He was like, oh, well, "I'm a little scared," you know. But <laughs> just went right on and never checked up. Yeah, that, good, that was some that stuff that your real low level trail riders wouldn't really want to do. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: well, I tell you this, man
0: there's i don't know if you guys are the same way like the racer type is a special breed when i started up and like i hit that first trail and i've said it before on the podcast there's always that little bit of like ooh, like you know i gotta kind of warm myself back up to this and the, the feeling of being in the car and you know and yeah. then the, the mind, you go is there anything that i should have fixed
1: before i got here and then yeah uh, it'll probably be fine <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'm ever worried about fixing it, but that's why I broke a lot. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of weird because some of those hills, they were pretty intimidating, especially when you've not seen anyone climb a new hill. You're like, man, this could be rough. It could not be rough. But once I sat down, you know, at the line, there were no worries. And I think that's really bad because that made me, I would just hold it.
2: Yeah, well,
0: I, like so again I'm I'm speaking from a one race experience but you know I remember in the pro rock race and the endurance race you're sitting on the line and like your worry is out the window you're yeah. just 100% you're looking straight ahead and you're thinking to yourself you know there's this over here and there's this you know around this area don't hit it and there's so many other things going on that the excitement of everything kind of takes out the yeah. nervousness because you know I'm normally a spectator uh i normally am terrified for you guys like i'll see someone pull up and you'll kind of see it on their face that they're like they haven't really locked it in yet you're like oh buddy (laughs) so i uh i feel like it's a lot more stressful on the spectator when if you know what you're doing because you'll see people on the line and you're like
1: maybe not (laughs) yeah because i i think um we're gonna go ride saturday and we're gonna let him climb some bigger stuff and yeah I'm nervous already. I don't get nervous for me, but with him, I'm like, I mean, I know we built it well, and I know uh, he's got a good seat. He's got good harnesses. Yeah. Um, we ordered him a, another helmet that's more of a. Well, we bought him some light little dirt bike helmets when they had their go karts. Yeah, so they, you know they got goggles and gloves, so they was really pumped about that. Mm-hmm. But we got him a, a more legit racing helmet. Um, so we're gonna let him go climb some different stuff and. I've been nervous all week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can again. I can only imagine. That's uh,
1: that's crazy, but it it can be done. It can be done. And, and so we have, told him he could uh, race at these races uh, at the Ride for a Cure event, and that's all he's talked about. Like when he's not with us, he'll he'll call when he's with his dad. He'll call four or five times. Yeah. Be, hey, I'm, I'm I'm ready for that race, you know? Or did my helmet come in? Yeah, all this different stuff. Like he called to talk about it all the time. That's amazing. That is, is out where. So, Hannah texted me yesterday and was like, "I'm getting tired of hearing about this razor. Every hill we pass, he's like, you think I might <laughs> <of the> razor?'" <laughs> so that's, he's got uh, the feeling bad.
0: Yeah, that's when you know it's. That's when you know it's getting serious. Is when you start having that. You know, you start driving down the interstate and you're like, oh, "I could probably drive up that." And then yeah. uh, it starts from there. But yeah, absolutely uh tell me about the the event coming up uh because obviously our uh, southern rock racing series has jumped in pro rock has jumped in uh it's the ride for the cure 2020
1: give me the details uh why we do it where it's going to be and all that fun stuff yeah so um me and jeremy we had you know went riding you know at top trails a few and hung out mm-hmm. um and we kind of knew each other before that but not really good but um so he's like, Yeah, let's, you know, I want to do a ride because he, he used to would do stuff at his, uh, his little sports bars. He'd have different things to raise mm-hmm. money. Like, I want to do a ride we like everybody's off road riding. Let's do something like that. Yeah. You know? So we're just going to have a ride in a band. And I was like, Well, and we didn't just have, have like a little race, see if they'll let us, if you know, like a small race. And so they agreed to it. Was I was really surprised because they don't let nobody have a race there. Yeah. And, so I hollered at Joey Beck because um, me and him become really good friends. I was like, "Hey, I'm, you know, where can I buy timers and stuff like this?" So we can have it. He said, like, "Man, no, I'll just bring my whole trailer, use whatever you need out of it. No big deal. I'll come help, yeah, uh, for free." And you know, he just, I'll show up and help. Uh, so um, everybody that's around here knows the hills. is there. It's a little section called Five Hills. It's nothing crazy, but it's most people don't want to climb it. So it it was a fun little race. And we just kind of deemed it as something to raise a little more money and draw some attention. Sure. Um, so year two come around, I was like, all right, well, that's the only really hill r- place, hill climb place they have. So let's just do that again, but we're going to hit the hard heel for the, the pro racers. Mm-hmm. And we asked them, we said, Hey, can we have some bouncers come and they've never let bouncers in. And they're like, yeah, if y'all want to have some for the race, cool. I mean, they can't go trail riding, but they can come to, you know, for the race. Okay. So, yeah, um, had four or five show up for that, and that was a pretty. That was more of a little legit race, you know. Yeah. Um. That one heals pretty hard for most people, and especially a stock raiser. Mm-hmm. And so this year, it just you know it got out of control. <laughs> we uh, we had to <laughs> we had to move it to a different place um, at the last minute. So we now we're under pressure. We got we thought we had a plan, and now yeah. we have no plan. So we went out looking uh, and found an amazing spot like this is really some of the coolest little hill spots that I've seen uh, to ride up. It's going to be a great show. Um, And these people are working with us. It's just pretty much whatever we want to do. They're good with it. So, Joey, we told Joey, we said, hey, it's getting so busy. Um, Why don't we just uh, pay your guys to come put this race on like you just handle it like for real? You know, you've always done stuff for us for free. Like, let us, let you know. You just, he said, I'll do it for my expense. Let's just, you know, go do it. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be like more of a legit race <clears throat> because uh, we also have like a little poker run on Thursday night, and yeah. then um, Friday uh, we had we just do like we in the past we've done just like a parking lot race. Mm-hmm. I just wanted something where anybody could enter no matter what you were driving and you just run down the parking lot, go around the cone and come back and it's heads up racing. And that turned into like one of the most popular events Mm -hmm. because uh, everybody can enter and everybody could race, you know, a bunch of, I've got 10 people over here that's cheering for me, you know, and we're doing good. And, and I'm pretty sure a nine hundred one, and then a 1,001. What? Well, turbos don't take off the line that good. You had to go down, take off the line, go down, turn around, get back taken off, and come back. Wow. It was really wild. It was, and, you know, seeing that something like that can win, everybody's got a real chance. So. That's a fact. This year, we're turning it into, like, an obstacle course race. Okay. Put some little jumps, some tire like, uh, skitter tires—you got to go over stuff like that, just to make it a little more fun to race it. Um, so we got to deal with that, and we got the Barbie Jeep Hill Race uh, on Saturday. We got a mud bog race. Uh, we have a mud bog. It's a time race on Friday night. Yeah, it, it just turns into like a party.
0: Let me you know? let me ask you a question about this mud bog thing. It, yeah. did, did, <laughs> do you have the information on this? Because this is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I shared a video.
2: Yes, okay.
0: I thought it was you of the guy going through this. That's it's insane. Hang
1: on, let me let me find it. Go ahead, about it. I recorded his second time through. I don't remember which one I posted, but I had two or three. He, you know, it takes him three hours to clean that back up from flipping it over. He's got to drain everything out and put it all back in. And he drove across that lake and flipped it. Went back. For three hours cleaned everything up, come right back and flipped it again. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Hang on here. I'm gonna get this video in full screen. Full screen force. Um being silly over here. All right. Uh da, 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 da. technology is our is our friends, but sometimes it makes me feel real silly. All
2: right, so let's find this.
1: Yeah, that's when Jeremy posted. I don't think he posted the whole thing, did he? I don't Uh,
0: uh, Yeah. See if I can get it full screen here for everybody. That's gonna play. There we go. So what size tires is that guy on? Like forty twos?
1: Oh I think they're fifty (laughs) fours. Fifty fours? Oh my gosh. And it's a they They were saying they were fifty something. Um of course they're floating. Yeah. Uh, and he took a guy with him the second time and that guy was his counterbalance, <laughs> you know, yeah. jumped out, saved him one time, got on the front, the front corner and actually saved him from flipping over. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but that's uh Tony Ramos. And he uh owns the Dry Creek Power Sports. Yeah. And he yeah, he actually donated the wheels for the ride for a cure buggy.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. He
0: sent some wheels for that. So you're ba- so to, to go back to what you were talking about before we jumped over here, uh the mud bog it'll turn into a big big event
1: at the end of the night. Yeah, because it's uh so last year we wasn't really prepared for the mud bog to what well, we didn't know what was gonna really turn out because that was the first one. And well, you know, we didn't really think about it ahead of time, but mud riders like and loud music, you know, they got all the speakers and it was trouble getting over them because yeah. everybody wanted to play music. So this year we said, you know what, let's just get a DJ to come, set up a real sound system that we can overpower all them anyway. Yeah. And when the event's over, just have a party. So it's awesome. So we'll, just have a, we'll just end the night on Friday night with a party at the mud hole.
0: Oh, my gosh, dude. That See, now that's one of those places that one of two things can happen one you're one you just you have a little bit more to drink than you normally do and the next thing you know it doesn't seem so shallow and then (laughs) number two is you got somebody or a group of people calling you out all night you get so damn frustrated you're not having a good time and next thing you know you're upside down in the in the pond
2: that's
1: dragging it out (laughs) that's a recipe for a good time (laughs) it it was a good time last year uh we had a lot of people last year we just had a real long strip and only two or three people made it out. Really, uh, there was kind of a steep bank at the end, and it was so deep that people were having to back up from one spot, back up, and try to go for it. And they actually made a wave that picked them up and carried them over that spot.
0: Ew! I just I'm sitting here thinking about the water, like the 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 mush and water and all that. Uh, I know it's I'm not it's a mud riding. rider. I'm not either, and and I don't e- you know I don't even it's not the cleaning or anything that gets me. It's when you go to Rock. And you go through those trails that people hadn't been in in maybe a week or two.
2: And oh, yeah. that well, snap, that's, that's and that, that yeah.
0: fine layer of, of liquid on the top that you're not yeah. real sure what it is. That's why I don't like mud.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I, I'm, just, I'm not a mud rider. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like I it that nasty all day. But well, go ahead. I mean, I'll watch them, but they're just.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not my thing, either. but I wanted to ask because you mentioned, you're not a mud rider, but you used to be a competitive, uh, UTV rock.
2: Master. So tell uh, me a little bit about you running
1: here. <laughs> okay. um, semi, semi- well, let me finish on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, so me and Jeremy talked about we had so much other stuff to handle Let Joey just handle yeah. him, him do the race. So, um, So we agreed on that. So we had all this other stuff to do. So that was going to make life easier on us through the day. Um, And then, I mean, we found a great hill. Uh, It's going to be really fun. And then it turns out with all this COVID stuff, uh, Clyde is having a hard time finding somewhere to go. And he needs to do a points race. So Joey and Clyde got to talking and we worked out a deal with them. So now uh, Clyde's coming for a points race. And all the people, all the bouncers are going to come hang out with us anyway. So now it's going to be all the big boys showing up, YouTube wow. and bouncers. So this, you know, year number three has turned into an amazing event. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, a big show, for, especially for this year. There's not that much going on, and we've got stuff to do all weekend. Um, <clears throat> so it's really going to be cool. And I found out we hadn't even really announced this yet. Let me. Look back and make sure, because you'll like this. Yeah. Um. Let me find it. I got I get about forty seven hundred messages on Facebook today. I
0: again, I I know how many I get, and I don't really like. I don't have a reason to be talking to people. So I can only imagine that <laughs> when you to
1: talk to people, uh, how many you get. Up there. Yeah, it gets bad. But this is this is more your area than mine so i got um a message from justin hoback and he said him and jonathan beck have been talking so you know they're into the rc stuff yeah and so they are going to build a brand new rc car and they're going to bring it to the event and this is 99 percent sure you know um and the plan right now is to build a a little course for them and charge $10 to race the course. Yeah. And then whoever has the fastest time for the day gets the car.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then all the money goes to the charity for the people that paid to race it.
0: Man, that's really really
1: cool. Yeah. He just messaged me that uh, like two days ago. Man, that's awesome. That's going to be a cool event. So let me ask you this. Is it, is it
0: the, is it COVID this year or, or what is it? Because it seems like everyone is coming together this year. I know there's been drama between this people and that people. Before, um, you know? I mean, earlier this year, at Jersey, I think it was the, the very first race of the year. Uh, we see, you know, Rock Racing series, they're coming out and they're having Pro Rock do the live stream, and things like that. Yeah. Are,
1: okay, let me ask you that. What are your thoughts on that first? And, and then I got a second question for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Joey and Clyde uh, used to work together uh, when Joey helped with Southern Rock Racing years ago, and they kind of split off with the Mega Trucks and started their own stuff with it. You know, Jeremy, yeah. I um, can't remember his name, that kind of started the uh, uh, Mega Truck series, mm-hmm. they just added razors and bouncers to it. And Joey, uh, Beck, come up with the Pro Rock and Pro UTV stuff Yeah, to add with it. So it was kind of turned into another event. And I guess, you know, really on um, East Coast bouncing and off-road racing, they're really the two biggest names. And uh, they've tried to mesh together, not overlap people's days and people yeah. canceled and stuff too here and there. And there's only so many weekends and so many places. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clyde's live stream, you know, Joey had talked about doing that before, and Clyde mm-hmm. did it. So he just invited Clyde up, said, hey, man, you want to come cover this? You know, your sponsors are getting uh, extra – you know, notifications on here and, uh, the race series is getting some more views. I mean, you're, you're growing by still posting a race, but yeah, so.
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let me ask you this. Do you foresee a day when we have, you know, kind of we'll call it the, the, the major league rock bouncing, you know, do we have one conglomerate that unites, with, you know, outlaw and everybody that's all out there. Yeah. We all, we, you know, maybe like, uh, uh, I'm going to watch his last name, Nick Corden, Cordenberg, the had, uh, had. I'm sorry if I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he had he had some like series standings for the full year and they were really cool. And he yeah. was, was it was doing that. Like, d- is that what comes
1: next? I mean, we seem like this is working out. Uh, you're talking about everybody coming together, you mean?
0: Yeah. And, and maybe not, you know, combining into one league, but being
1: under the umbrella of, you know, the the. MLR major league rock. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, somebody tried to do that with the UTVs a couple of years ago.
2: Okay.
1: I think it was uh, a lot of expense and a lot of stuff to get all that situated. They was I remember right. They were going to call it. And it was going to kind of cover all of them together. And mm-hmm. I don't know what all happened with that. It didn't, it didn't really come through. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, Clyde has always traditionally had a ton. Like I think he's had 24 races in a year before and Joey tries this, you know, cause Clyde had different events. Yeah. You know, so it was, it turned out to be a lot. I think he's cut way down and Joey does like six or eight. And I think that's what Clyde's doing now, six or eight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so it's making things a lot easier and everybody can, you know, I, I think if you get too many series going, people are just going to get out on going yeah, if the yeah, only person was doing it at six weekends. You're gonna make sure I'm there that weekend instead of I've got 25 weekends I can go to a race, so I don't really care. Yeah, I agree with you. I think yeah. that point series helps bring your racers back every time, as long as right. they're doing good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I right, I understand. Um, well, I don't want to. I want to kind of we're going to jump around just a little bit here. Uh, I want to go back and talk to you about. Uh, the chassis that you built because one thing I really love is that um, wide open design builds a razor chassis that looks a certain way uh, razor shop customs builds them a certain way but you have a special flavor to them of one that I I mean you, I've really never seen it before and it, and it really came out as like like Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stylistic, like difference. Cause in my opinion, all of the guys, they built chassis that looks very similar to each other. But yeah. They had a very unique look. And I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, where
1: did it start for you and, and what makes you want to go out and build this unique car?
0: Especially like the one you're building now.
1: Yeah. So the one I'm building now, honestly, um, <clears throat> the, the ones that they're all curved up and stuff, they look awesome. Terrible for storage and putting yeah. stuff. Um, so, really, uh, out of the Ultra Four cars, I kind of, you know, I, well, I built a few that kind of looked Ultra Four ish.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I really tried to make this one look a little more like the traditional ones like Shannon Campbell and stuff like that to build them. Yeah. Um, I just like that look. So, that's what we're going to use to race next year is that that sort of style. What are you going to be um, racing? Uh, we're gonna do the uh, man. That's so sick. <laughs> that's so. This is so cool, man. Yeah, you can see, like the what kind of character is it? Sort of the, that they kind of use that that point right there above the motor. That's where their shocks actually mount. Yeah, but I wanted to go with that look. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that big back end and stuff. Um, I really like the way that one turned out. Uh, lots of room inside. And I can put a removable pan in the back to put stuff on. So it's going to be a lot more useful than like the last one I had that I raised. There was no room for anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No kidding. But what, I mean, first off, what's a wheelbase of this bad boy? Cause it looks
1: pretty long. <clears throat> yeah. That one is 105. Okay. And um, what's the stock? The stock Razor is 90. And then a stock Can-Am X3 is 101. Okay. So it's a little longer than those. Um, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I know turning... I mean, X3s obviously don't have a problem running Joey's Survival Series. Sure. Uh, they're not too long. I wanted to get a few more inches, and I really want to go with a custom chassis because first, we built them, so it's just... Sure. You know, <laughs> I, I want to be raising something that we built. Yeah. Um, And second, the low center of gravity, uh, I'm a lot more... Uh, adventurous in turns and heels and you know a lot more risky if i've got that low center of gravity and really kind of stressed out to hit that stuff sure and i just kind of assumed if i'm going to race something and i'm racing in a full a full chassis and a razor um i'm gonna have a little harder time because i know i need to save it for the end of the race mm-hmm. so i'm gonna be a little more careful climbing hills but in something like this that's what I'm used to driving. I know I, I know what I can and can't do. So mm-hmm. I can just I'll push it a little more.
0: Uh, a couple questions here. Are you making your own lowers
1: for the for these chassis? No we're, no, we're still using uh skinny pedal fire chassis that Jonathan Shepard makes. That's and, a good lower, man. It's hard to argue. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really good. And uh I worked with him some but when I first met him, he was building them. Uh he was getting them designed up. Mm-hmm. And then close to the end, he kind of let me in on a secret. <laughs> What's that? And, uh, <clears throat> on a secret that he was building them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yet. Uh, he didn't want somebody coming in like building them before he did. Yeah. Um, he had a great design uh, and they, everything fits together really good. And he's made a few changes. And I helped him out with a few dimensions, you know, that just mm-hmm. that he didn't have. Uh, I had some chassis laying around. So we made sure. Everything was right, but man, they—the first ones were good, but the—the the last ones he come out with, they drive. Man, they drive so good. There's a lot of issues with people get, you know, they're not in the chassis group because they're like, I got this and I couldn't drive it. It drove horrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that ride for a cure buggy last year drove great. I mean, it drove like a stock razor.
2: Yeah, let me let me pull
0: that up. Uh, hang on, before I move away from this vehicle because I do want to show people that car last year because I bought tickets to. Win it too because I was. I wanted it, it was awesome. Uh, is this gonna be based off a turbo S, uh, or is this turbo just
1: XP model? Yeah, it's just a regular turbo XP. Cool, it just looked super long there. I like that. I I mean, I almost went with the wider stuff, but
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, I was really just afraid. I'm already kind of long, I didn't probably need to be that wide.
0: I would agree with you. I think that you're. In my opinion, uh, especially racing out here in the East, we don't have the opportunity to be going the speeds that 72 inch really shines in and maneuverability between the trees here is vastly more important than being able to just bomb it at 80 miles an hour and have the extra travel. But I, I think that this is cool. I'm really excited. So you said, have you finished this one up, but is it out the door?
1: No, we've we've we stopped on it uh and started working on that rodfit cure buggy. Okay. Honestly the shop is is so busy. Um I've got a bunch of good guys working for me now and they're they they got a love for off-road too. So yeah. they come in after work or on Saturdays and we'll work on this stuff um when we get a chance. So that's it's really good to have some guys that come in and want to do it. They're excited about it, you know. Yeah. Like one of my guys that built the Radford Cure test the other day. He was doing a bunch of stuff on it. He's like, man, I feel like I ain't even come to work today. <laughs> man, man, man. <laughs> man, that is a, uh, that's a good feeling right there to
0: have, especially to have an employee that feels that way. You know, that's supposed to be the the benefit of owning your own business. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's nice that he's, that he's feeling that way too. So here's the one from last year. Um, and, and it looks absolutely awesome
1: and uh this is the family that that benefits from the ride correct right yep that's uh we was so money goes um to the childhood uh or pediatric brain tumor foundation we Mm -hmm. give money to them and before we have just pretty much give to them and then like and then the second year uh this little girl was going to come and she passed away right before it happened so Mm -hmm. we did um Put money towards having her a nice uh, headstone and stuff like that, which uh, I didn't know headstones took so long. Yeah, but uh, they're trying to really get it done before her one year. Um, right. So that's a That's actually the weekend of the ride, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy kind of called us was like, "Man, can you please get this done?" Because it was almost finished. Like we would, it'd be great if they could have it for that yeah. one year anniversary. Um, so we've done that for her. But what we're wanting to do, we actually done an official foundation this year. Okay. Um, started the Elise Reeves Foundation, which is Jeremy's daughter that passed away. So now we're wanting to <clears throat> uh, like feed some families, help some families out that are actually have kids with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's giving them a week uh, of pay to let them stay at the hospital all week. Yeah. Um, Uh, Feed some of them that can't leave for Thanksgiving, you know, stuff like that. Like get them a a good meal and stuff. Uh, Because Jeremy's daughter, both times for Christmas and Thanksgiving, right before they thought she was going to pass, so they sent her home. So she got to spend the holidays at home. Yeah, Uh, and he was he's always thankful for that. Yeah, Um, and he was thankful to have his own business and he was there every day. Yeah, you know he didn't he didn't have to. He said some of those parents didn't get to come till the weekend. Oh man,
2: that hurts. Yeah. So
1: he, re- so that's what we're trying to, you know, to raise the money and use it throughout the year for different things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Have you you ever seen the uh, the little wagons they have at the uh, children's hospital? Uh,
0: I'm 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 gonna say yes, but or I'm gonna I'm gonna I think I do, but I'm gonna say no. That's
1: what I'm okay. gonna say. Uh, they've got... They just get like the little classic red wagons yeah they'll yeah. decorate them up different ways and that's what they pull some of the kids through the hospital in oh, okay um so i've been wanting to do this for a while and we actually got made sure that we had permission to do something different and we want to build like a couple little off-road sort of wagon like pull yeah. behind yeah. wagons for uh some of the kids that might think that was cooler than the regular wagon
0: Dude, that's really cool. They'll be fighting over it. I, I, I dude, you, I'm.
1: I can only. Oh, have, uh, <laughs> be fighting over them because that's awesome. Yeah, I, I just thought that'd be cool when I seen them them up there. I was like, man, if we could just build just like a little just a tube chassis that was really safe for them to get off and on, and yeah, you know, maybe no top over it, but something that just looked kind of off road. Yeah. Uh, maybe put some tires that they would allow that look, you know. Yeah. Like some more mud tires, that'd be. I thought that'd be great and them kids because like, yeah, I agree. I think they'd be fine over it too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have been, I just, man, I've been really high on these little, uh, little axial cars that are super tiny.
2: Uh, here you go.
0: I've been really high on these things right here. And uh, I think what I'm going to do this year is uh, at the end of the year, um, I always try to do something for Christmas and, and kind of try to do a big gift. back. I think I'm gonna buy like five or six of those, and I'm gonna give them away because um, they're they're just durable enough. Where like if some kid comes in and just beats the crap out of it, it's not it's not a big deal. Yeah, uh, and and they're so much fun. They're locked. It's like locked up, and you can get bigger tires and you know all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, I've been really thinking about doing that, and uh, we're doing a couple more giveaways and I'm trying to you know grease up sponsors, see how much I can get
1: from them because the more yeah. that- try and give back the, the better job I feel like I'm doing at this. Yeah, we always try to find a family to sponsor at Christmas that that is legit struggling and needs yeah. you know, some help.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um,
0: well, all that being said, uh, the date for it, let me put it back on the screen here so we can make sure everyone has the information. Uh, September 10th through the 13th, uh, Indian Mountain ATV Park. we uh, are talking about Indian Mountain to everybody uh what kind of trails because you know a lot of these people are going to come they're going to want to watch the races things like that uh, but they're going to want to go ride some trails and, and all that kind of fun
1: stuff uh what's it like because this is a relatively park. yeah it's it just they opened in february and just kind of blew up and i think covid kind of helped that blow up because mm-hmm. people were kind of restricted to do stuff um it's a hunt it's an old hunting club and there's lots of Trails just through the woods. There's some power lines. It's kind of steep. You know, there's they've got one little hill. uh um, they call it Charlie's Hill. It's mm-hmm. you know, full body capable, but it's you know a little dangerous. People's flipped on it. Um, so they've got some stuff to do. I don't think they're accessing the whole five thousand and something acres, but I'm pretty sure that's what the whole park is, and they're going to expand into those other areas. Um, but the thing I like about this park is it's the good old fashioned rock hills. Yeah, I mean, we've got picked out. We've seen, you know, and it's it's real hard on these people to do these races like Clyde and Joey because they're trying to pick a hill that is accessible for Clyde's trailer, all the stuff Joey needs to bring out there. Uh, people can – room for people to park, um, the spectators to be able to see, but still be a fun hill for the drivers to race. And it's really all that – in a group combination is really hard to find i would agree with you <clears throat> yeah that's why everybody keeps there you're like y'all are racing the same hills but like man if y'all could find some extra ones for us to hit that had all these qualities <laughs> we'd all appreciate it yeah so i think that's what this place is going to have man it's you know southeast rocks big hills uh big valleys uh the hill we got has got some good like four or five feet straight up rocks in the trailer, You're going to have to either go up or get one tire up on and kind of, you know, fight past it. Um, um, of course, we took a picture of it, but, you know, yeah, was, of, course. of course. It looks so like the driveway cool. to your house. Right. So yeah, one of their power lines. And it's uh, I mean, that looks
0: pretty, pretty real there.
1: There's some yeah, that pretty steep on the power line. Um, I'm sure they got like a Charlie's ceiling.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at stuff like this and I'm like, oh. That's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, there is a
1: mud section.
2: Yeah. We're um, working yeah. on a
1: bigger mud section. And there's a couple spots that's already popped up, and we'll probably be posting some footage uh, this, uh, after this weekend of the kids riding out there, uh, climbing these little hills. But, yes, rocks like that. That is the kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You I, I have it on yours. I was about to pull it up here. I was looking for
1: uh, Charlie's Hill. Uh, this is Charlie's Hill, right? I think yeah, that's the top, and there's been some people flip on that, uh, not yeah. giving it gas. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, i've seen I've seen a couple of videos of people being being kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so the, the part we're building right now, I, I just kind of tell you a little bit about what uh, what it's made up of. the The first part of the track, which I think Clyde on Friday is going to race the UTVs on the second half. Um, we went out there; it was raining. We were trying to find spots, and we just fell in love with this this big bowl where they had dug iron ore before. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's more like the race hill right there, um, stuff like that. Like, it's going to be a good show, man, for real. Uh, so you'll go up this. Uh, all the big bouncers and the UTVs on Saturday will go up this and come out the top, and then they're going to enter into this bowl.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we had to, you know – It was really neat looking overhanging ledges. We had to get rid of all that for Mm. safe reasons. But um, you're going to come into this bowl and there's like a six foot ledge. You got to jump and then immediately another six foot ledge. You got to jump this big boulders all around it Mm -hmm. and then pull out the top of a a hill. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be it's going to be those it's going to be those videos you like to watch. You know, sometimes you watch a, a race and it's like everybody hits the hill and they all go up it. Yeah, I promise you, the racers are just as discouraged that the video was no better. Also, yeah, Yeah. but you you know, you're not going to be wild if you're trying to win.
2: That's Um, a fact, and that's
0: that's something that people don't don't always take into account. You know, a lot of times, like uh, some of those, uh, what was it? Was it Race to Riches last year, where you know a couple of guys like didn't climb the hills and this and that, and everybody was like, "Oh, you should have just let put it from the bottom and shot it like a rocket ship." And it's like, well. That's one option, but that's not the like
2: that's not the yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was um uh, the place in Kentucky. Yeah, um, yeah, and that actually turned out to be one of the best races I've ever been at. Like, it was so much fun to be there.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, Joey thought that they climbed the hill like four years earlier, mm-hmm. so he didn't really think. Of, he was like, "It's fine, we've already climbed this hill, and it's actually going to be so easy." We're going to climb this hill. You're going to come back down and climb another hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, nobody made it out of the top of the first hill. Uh, Cash almost made it out in his uh, razor. Yeah. Um, And then uh, the outlaw, too, buggy. Yep. Uh, he almost made it out. Josh yep. Parrish. He almost made it out. And that's it. Every, well, they just got worse as the day went on. Man. Uh, some of them chose not to hit it. And you know, there's two sides. There's like the first side, like yeah, I'm obviously if I make it, it's going to be a miracle. Yeah. Second <laughs> um, side is like you putting on a show. So yeah, do you put on a show, or do you save it for the next hill? Um. So they adapted and, and kind of worked on the second hill, mm-hmm. which turned out to be a pretty easy hill. About seventy-five percent climbed it. If you didn't climb it, you just happened to land a little bit wrong or something and roll back down. Mm-hmm. But Joey said, hey. Any other hill up here, bonus line. So cool. you got to take, you got to play it safe and yeah. climb a hill and finish your time, and then you had like thirty more seconds to hit any line you wanted, and they were all hard. Yeah, and yeah. That was a show because it was nobody cared. Like yeah. you were done for the day. You were going to save so much time if you could climb it, you would win. Yeah. Um, and people were really putting on. It was like a. It was like when you go to hang out and everybody's just hitting heels. Yeah. Fun, and you're just going to just wear it out and try it five or six times till you make it. Yeah. It was, I mean that. I don't think we got. I think I got to the hotel at like two o'clock in the morning. That is it, awesome. We was racing in the dark. Uh, man, it was such a good time. The whole crowd was pumped because people running this course and everybody was trying these heels. And Josh Paris ended up climbing like smoked one of the hills. It didn't look like it was even gonna get climbed. Yeah. Um, and he ended up winning and then I don't know the name of the guy in the Ford buggy. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Jake Pike. He climbed up to the top and went one wheeled it across the whole front face and ended yeah. up making it. Um yeah. they was the only two that climbed it. And Jake's video turned out to be an awesome video uh you know that got put out for that. Yeah. Man, the whole crowd was into it. Everybody was screaming. Yeah, it was like a standing, standing crowd waiting on to see if somebody's gonna climb out of that last hill. It went from everybody was like, "Oh, this is a terrible race to be at." Nobody climbed the hill, Uh, of course. And everybody's worried, you know. Like Joey's like, "Man, this is what do I do?" And uh, you just got to make the best decision you can in situations like that. I think, I think his choice of making the second hill climb bull and putting that bonus line was the perfect choice. Cause it made a heck of a race. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I'll have to, you know, so funny is after I talk to people
0: about specific races, I have to go back and watch them just because I feel like it, it's a refresher. And, and that's one thing that I actually do before every podcast I mentioned to you before we got started, I was like, I'll be on and off for a few minutes. Uh, I went outside and actually uh, ran my RC cars for a second, kind of got like the off-road brain cooking and get got it thinking my way. Uh, but I will watch videos before we get on here, and that way I've got fresh stuff on my mind. But uh, I love it, and I will have to go back and watch those. Now I have uh, two related questions here. Obviously, you're a Razor guy. You built the Razor platform. Um, what do you think about Can Am and the X3 and all that? And why
1: didn't you choose to go that route rather than Razor? Um. You know, I'm, I'm just real familiar with razors, and I know all the stuff about them. And uh, I don't like the stock wheelbase, which the Pro come out with, I believe, 96 yep. wheelbase. So that definitely is a plus. And I, I may what well even like a Pro. I've drove one around, but I haven't drove one like it was mine. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, that's the same thing. Good yeah, so
1: to- um, the first time I drove an X3, it was probably three or four years ago. I just did not feel good sitting in it. Um, I enjoyed the the uh, you know the buggies. I really didn't like a stock razor either, so that's not really mm-hmm. saying nothing bad about Can Am. I,
2: sure.
1: I felt more like a race car in a Can Am. Sit down, the seat's lower. Um, can't see over the hood, but I can't in the buggies either. Uh, so I, I did like that part about it. Um, but I don't know if you ever took one apart. No. It's a nightmare <laughs> that's what i've heard uh, yeah at least uh 500 rivets you have to drill out uh, lots of extra plastic all over the place just ton like it was really just it was bad yeah uh, i wasn't excited about ever doing another one and we haven't So, you know uh we've got plenty of power coming out of that turbo motor yeah, uh, we got a Stage Four R running on uh, 112 racing fuel. So You're ready. Uh, it's more than you can really just. You can't just flat foot it and drive around. It's it's too much. Um so, and then spare parts. We've already got all the parts we need. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, everything's in the computer. When I build a buggy, I can cut every bracket for the whole buggy, except for the front and rear shock mounts, because we kind of change the design up, and that affects those brackets that are up high. And everything else, we pre cut it out before we build a buggy.
2: That's crazy, that's wild. It's nice. See,
0: <laughs> it's that whole, like work smarter, not harder thing yeah. that's coming to life. I love that. Um, okay, so let's talk about Razor. Uh, you just kind of mentioned the Pro XB. you got a chance to be in one, they're a little bit longer wheelbase, you know, creature comforts.
1: Um, what were your thoughts driving one, you know, just initially? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really didn't drive that one enough to really get a good feel. I do like, I mean, it definitely sets up more race car, uh, mm-hmm. which they got a lot of hate saying it was a they copied Can-Am. Uh, the front I end. They Can-Am at all. Well, <laughs> Just the shape of the front end more like a pointed. Sure. I mean, the XP looks really beefy and beef yeah. fingers and hood, and it's really got a real aggressive look, mm-hmm. and the Pro XP w- took that away, but you can see yeah. you got a lot more visibility out of the front. So yeah. that uh, that's a plus for racing, but looks kind of changed so much. People kind of said they was copying Can-Am. <laughs> it, let me ask you this, because
0: obviously, like, after it got released, everybody was like, first off, it's it's ugly. As someone said, it looks like it's a transgender. And then people get upset about being red. And, okay, all said and done, whatever. But... I don't think it looks that bad, and I think especially in the new um, colors that just
1: came out, I think it looks great, really. Yeah. They made a black it, it definitely had to grow on me. I didn't yeah. like it. Um, I didn't like it at all, really. And then yeah. the four-seater looked worse. Agreed. I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, agreed. I, James Kent um, was out there riding around in one, and I was like, that thing cannot
1: be fun. Like, it just... And then L and W built the four seater on portals. You yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That was it the was. first. Time I was like, "Dang, that, that actually looks really good." That oh, yeah. cage in the back because they got the cage down real low mm-hmm. in the back, being that four seater, and those portals and thirty fives look really good. Yeah. And then Reject Fab, uh, they come by was going to help us build that buggy, and we got a little bit started. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, a customer, come picked up his, and they had just put a cage and bumpers on it and that thing they got that cage down low too and it looked really mean i was like yeah oh, you make me almost want one of these things yeah uh
0: so let me let me let's uh let me pause you there and say did you get a chance to see the new um rumored pictures
1: of the new uh pro xpr uh, oh yeah yeah okay. um, of course it ain't coming out this year or well, they announced their releases, and it wasn't in it. That don't mean they ain't gonna come out with something. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, the problem with that one is you're back to a regular transmission,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you got to shift. It's got. It's got to shift gears. Mm-hmm. And so, what are we gonna do when we want to uh, tamper with that? Run bigger tires. You know that. What we gonna have to re gear the whole transmission every time? Yep. Because right now I can go out there and change my clutch weights and my clutch for heel climbing. I can get awesome takeoff power and not really that great at 50 miles an hour Mm -hmm. in 30 minutes in my shop. Or I can come out and say it takes off the line good, but it really pulls at 70. It's it's all really simple to change. So now you just kind of took all that away too.
0: So Um, Let me say that you're the only person that I know in the industry that's talking about that. And to me, that was the first thing I thought of, too, is, okay, the CVT system, sure, we blow belts, clutches explode, All uh, you know, whatever. But the, the, the fact that you don't have to get into a transmission or a transfer case, I'll take it. Yeah. I think I'm not, I'm not someone who's like crazy excited about the drivetrain changes. I think that it's bad news and they added in seven U-joints to the equation, too, which everybody, everybody loves U-joints, so let's add more. Yeah. Well,
1: I think a lot of people, I ain't saying that there's not issues with the belt system. Sure, Because obviously some of the new stuff is just it's falling apart right now.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: There's a lot of people that don't drive correctly to save their belt. Agreed. Big time. Um, the whole time I raced uh that razor took it riding climbing hills I ran the same belt every time never I've, changed it. I've never broke a belt ever I've smoked yeah. them a couple of times like you
0: know you'll get a little hairy sometimes but yeah. you know uh I don't understand unless you're just like fully pinned and you know treating it like it owes you money and you
1: found it on the street uh, your belt should do okay <laughs> That's what it likes. it wants to be tight exactly Easing around and trying to ease up a hill, and I mean that's what wears the belt out the fastest. Yes, yes. if you're pressing the gas and not moving, but see, I set my clutches up where it takes off. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a shift kit, and like a car. You know, it yeah, it got a little jerk when it takes off. So there's no burning the belt up because it's just not going to go where it's going to go.
2: That's how
0: that's how Yant had uh, his RS one set up when I got it. I, I listen to this. I drove from Nashville to almost Kansas City overnight uh, I left at 8 p.m. and I got there the m- that morning at like 4 45 a.m. and uh, I get in this thing and he's like we're loading it up and I'm like I'm pressing the gas I'm about halfway down the pedal I'm like hey you, it's broken <laughs> and he's like "No, no no I'll keep going and you would be 55% down the pedal, and it would just go boom, you're going. And it, you'd, yeah. yeah, every single time, which obviously it works for him in the setup because he had success here. But like, I had yeah. never
2: seen a car like that.
0: And also, well, I apologize. Son, he try to load it on a trailer.
2: Yeah. Well, we that's a, what I did. The, yeah. I'm trying
0: to, I'm trying to like bump it onto the trailer, and I'm just like, I'm going to drive right through the back of my truck. <laughs>
1: uh, but Jan said, he's a, He's a character. He's a driver, though. He seems like he's just about getting anything and being successful.
0: What it seems like, I I, uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but all in all, uh, we're talking about the Pro XBR. Uh, is I mean, there's so much there because obviously they're going over the 1,000 cc limit, which is big news. I mean, yada yada. But. Uh, is more power the answer? I mean, is this
1: going to become a like a, a pissing match with Can-Am of who can put up the horsepower? So I, I think – I'm pretty sure they were capped at 1,000 by yeah. emissions. Mm-hmm. So if they go over 1,000, unless the rules have changed, they have to add emissions. That's correct. But adding emissions to it may get these things on the road mm-hmm. as, a you know, be able to tag like a regular vehicle, That's like the true. slingshot and stuff like that. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I was holding back. I don't,
0: I don't see that as a positive, in my opinion. Because a, I, I don't know if I want to be going fifty-five, sixty on the road in this thing that I just, you know, beat the crap out of out on the trail. I'm not sure if that's where I want it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of guys that do take theirs on the road and like they'll drive it to dinner and have a great time. But and, and again, I, I, I keep my machine in really good shape. But there's always the chance that. Something can happen, and I'd prefer it not to happen in my Razor. If
1: it's going to happen, let, let it happen in my car that's designed to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the power part, most of the people that are winning these big races like King of the Hammers, they're really not changing much. Yeah. They're leaving it where it's at, and they could get power. So mm-hmm. I don't think power is to winning. But everybody's saying this new, uh, the new Can-Am, it's got a lot of letters with it. Yeah. Uh, whatever the new big one is. Smart one. I think they're talking about this thing is just strong. Really? Um, yeah. like uh, Jay Shaw and a lot of them swapped over to it. and They're just talking about how strong this new one is. Oh, the, the Turbo RR.
0: Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. But let me tell you this. I got a chance to ride in Hubert Roland from Nitro Circus. Um, yeah. he, he's got a track out of his house. I was out there. It's not very often that on flat ground I feel uncomfortable in a car. And when he when he just took us off, it is so much power that it makes you. It, there's that thought when you go, okay, he had to weld in frame gussets to this to make it race ready, and then you're like, I am not. I feel like the front end's not touching the ground, and I'm going instantly 65 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't need to be in this thing. I think that that's too much power, but I, I mean, I get it. I was horrified. It's got so much violent, just
1: ground shaking power. Well, I think the, the, the biggest part is the engineers have designed it to have that much power. Yeah. So if you leave it alone, generally it should be a pretty longer lasting vehicle for a race, like an endurance races. But when you start taking like a motor like we did and just making the horsepower way more than it was,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Most of the stuff wasn't really designed for all that, Then you got to start doing clutches and everything else. And, um, I mean, people you know talk about Polaris and Can Am, all the bad things, but I mean, the engineers aren't that dumb, (laughs) they they put some pretty good stuff together. You know, they hate on them, but they also aren't building race cars,
0: yeah, that's a fact. And, and I mean, they right off the gate, all of these UTVs can outdo. I had had an easy $35,000 in my Jeep, and it couldn't do. A
1: 16th of what
0: my razor can do. Oh, you know, I
1: was crawler all the way, and oh then piece came out, and I was like, "Oh wait, this this might should be pretty good."
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's very rare. I, I know one guy that's gone back from razors to jeeps, and I I only know one. So. Yeah. And very he has
1: no way to ride with.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh But. Where do you think it all goes? Because obviously we're gonna have we're gonna have this 72-inch Polaris come out. Um did you see the front end picture by chance? I wanna want to ask you a question about this.
1: Uh but, no, I don't it. think I've seen the front end picture. Was okay. it not an XP? Style? It
0: was it's so it's the let me see if I can find it. around anyways. I'm not gonna waste uh let's see if I can Polaris XP. I'm going to see if Google will just pop it up here because I'm sure all these leaked images and stuff have been put online and they're not there. Okay. Uh, it has on the
1: front the shocks mount to the lower arm yes. and the axle going through the shock mount. So don't make me lie to you because I don't really know why, but supposedly that is the correct way to do it.
0: So... I understand that it's correct to go to the lower arm. That makes sense to me because there's more overall movement there, and you can get
1: a the the shock set up because it can be better, a yeah. longer shock, a better angle. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I did see that they had somebody had. Uh, I thought you meant like the front end of the, uh, looking from the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that that is how all the big desert racers and stuff. They're all lower arm mounted. Mm-hmm. And that is supposed to be a lot better because, um, you know, a lot of people are like, why don't you just – but if you moved your shocks on your buggies here, it would be better. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe, uh, but I'd have to revalve everything. Yes. Like, why would I fight that? Why wouldn't I just say, "Claire's done a good job. Let's put them right back where they're supposed to be, and we're going to go with that. Because if if you stand your back shocks up, now they're too stiff. Yes. So you gotta revalve everything.
0: Now do you see, and and you get less travel. So it's one of those things where a lot of times I I just think people like, when I ask you about the lower from Skinny Pedal Fab, uh, I already knew, I knew you guys use a lower because if someone wants to build their entire chassis, you have to think about the millions of dollars that went into R and D to get that steering rack in the right location get those shocks in the right location. Uh, are the, are they tuned and valved from the factory worth of crap? No, but, but you know, you're not going to snap a shock shaft in half. And, and, you know, if you hit it hard enough yeah. There's there And a lot of times, what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, somebody will get in a buggy and they'll be like, this thing drives like crap. It's all those subtle details
1: of things being a quarter inch off that make it. Drive like crap. So I used to, me and Jonathan was at a race and this guy, had his shocks, then his front shocks straight up, which made him way too stiff. Yeah. And he could heal and flip completely. I mean, immediately flipped over backwards. And we was flipping him back over during the race. And he was, was just like, Well, you got them shocks straight up, you know, just kind of asking him. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, man. Like, he kind of took offense to it. He's like, Hey, I'm trying some stuff out. I, I, can, get, I can make it work better. Yeah. And he's just like, Okay. <laughs> but, You're gonna need some more trying because that didn't work very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. There's what is it about the defensiveness that comes in if like you're just you know I'm trying something. I feel like when people get defensive, they know it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the gate, like that guy, he knew already what had happened and what is wrong. And he was
1: wrong because if I'm wrong and somebody else proves me right, that just saves me the work that I was gonna have to go through to figure out the right way.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, there's so many times where. I'll be sitting on online and especially with the RC stuff because it's all so small scale. It doesn't have these big repercussions to do something. And I look at something. I'm like, Why did he do it? And then you know, you'll sit there, you'll think about it, and you're like, Don't come to it. Greatest thing about Facebook, you can just hit that message. But hey, man, why'd you do this? And the next
1: thing you know, you got ten points smarter. So that's I, how I met all these race people from all over the country. I have just like that's how I met Jonathan. I just asked him. I, I asked him something. Yeah. And. You know, but I, I wasn't scared to ask them questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's so nice, too. I, You know, again, with like the Ride for a Cure stuff that you guys are doing and, and you know, so many different countless cases of kindness in the off-road community. People yeah. in the off-road world, they'll, they'll answer you back. There, there is no,
1: uh, no snobbery in our industry at all. Yeah. So, you know, last year when we built that buggy, it was kind of last minute. I was like, mm-hmm. let's just do a chassis. Just I had the chassis start. I said, let's just do a chassis. I was like, but you know what? Nobody's going to buy a chance on a chassis unless they have a razor already and have the money to get somebody to put it together. I even thought about, hey, it's included that we'll swap it over. Yeah. I was like, boy, I think the right year. So I was like, we'll just take our razor and put it in there. Yeah. So, we had a full buggy. And uh L&W jumped on and gave us suspension parts uh, for it. Um, but we, we were so late, we didn't have time to really prep. Now, this mm-hmm. year, it's like people were kind of ready. We could, if you post out, say, hey, you know, we, we got some stuff. We can make it work. But if you've got something and you and you want to give something better, just, you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, uh, Chris Hickman called me. He's like, hey, man, you got any suspension for that buggy yet? I was like, nope. He said, all right, I'm calling Pierpoint. ORB because they're really good friends. He's like, we're going to hook y'all up. He said, I want to be a part of that and, you know, hook y'all up with suspension. And they're doing everything, the whole suspension. And uh, he's even engraving the ride for a cure in the back of his trailing arms. That's really cool. Yeah. So and then uh, Dustin Robbins like, man, I'll do a diff. A turbo diff i'm like well we're uh this year we end up doing a 1000 that's what we found mm-hmm. So, I'm like, we really can't use that turbo diff and he's like well, what else you need and was like man we need some tires mm-hmm. uh and he's like he's like all right um he said i got some of those uh man what's those tires that he, he released like last year selling a lot of uh that look like the stock tires oh the journeys journeys he said i got some journeys some 32 journeys man i'll hook y'all up i'm like I'm like, hell yeah. So I, I was excited. You know, we got tires. But the whole time I was thinking uh ultra four buggy, square tires, journeys are really round. Mm-hmm. I, was, I still appreciate it, but I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, uh it's not quite going to match the theme, but it's going to be way better than, you know, stock tires. Mm-hmm. And I get there, he's like, oh, there's your tires. I'm not where? He's like, right there. I said, I don't know what that is. And I walked around and looked, and it's the journey twos that they had just come out with and they're a square looking dirt tire. Wait, what? Yeah. So Damn. I was really excited then. I was like, yes, this is perfect for the build. A squared off looking dirt tire. Yeah. I posted them on the back of my truck one day, the local tire store. We went over there and to get them mounted or to get uh yeah, because we just got them mounted and it was like is this for that giveaway buggy. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, all right, well no charge, man. Don't worry about it. We got you. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so we, I posted them on the back of the truck and I didn't even know they had a journey team.
0: Yeah, I, it's not on his website yet. That's the first place I went and looked because, again, you know, we I work with Dustin uh, pretty closely and uh, I had no idea. I had no idea. I should start pushing these. He's <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Tony Ramos, we talked about that flipped his monster razor over <laughs> yeah. uh, and MSA wheels and then a uh, necessary customs. Uh, sent some harnesses Uh, so we got a lot more donated this year it's going to make a lot nicer finalized buggy and then a local guy um, has got a freestyle graphics place Mm -hmm. and we've been working on uh, designing a wrap and he's going to print the wrap and stuff out for us for free yeah so that's a lot that's a lot more squared it does not look like the the journey we're all used to seeing yeah my computer a little bit because there's a little bit too much air in them in that picture (laughs) but
0: well dude that is i mean look at look at that i mean that's like the uh that's that's the crawler pattern for the bfg
1: and the pro armor Uh, a little bit of both hybrid there that's a sick pair it looks good man i really liked them i like i I like the journeys we've got a set of 32 journeys and man we went everywhere in those things yeah i really liked you know they're they're so rounded but like if you go in a ditch, like we got dirt everywhere, and the edge of your tire, you're trying to pull out of that ditch. I Man, I was really impressed how good they just pulled out of ditches, and uh, one place we turned around on the side of a hill, we just turned around and left, and the other guy behind us, we had to go push his razor and keep it uphill for him to turn around. Dude, that's crazy. Sliding all over the place. I wish I could remember what kind of tires he had, but he didn't like them after that day.
0: I bet. I bet. It only it, it, Tires are one of those weird things that like it, you either really love the tires you have on or they suck and they're the reason you can't do
1: anything <laughs> uh, well i got uh i can't remember what those tires are I got it from Dustin it's the stickies brought um, uh, yeah yeah dude that's a
2: good tire too
1: yeah they're 35s I'm gonna run them on that buggy just for playing yeah I don't, know, I don't know that racing's so good on the 35s but uh you got kind of a lot of tire lean. Yeah. We um, we'll probably put the 32s at least back on for that, but yeah. it's gonna look good on the 35s.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know uh there's a Kawasaki who ran King of Hammers last year with 35s, and he I think he finished, he was top
1: 20. Oh, yeah, there's uh, there's guys that this ran 35s and portals and finished. Dude, that's powerful. yeah, but he built all his own custom stuff, everything was custom, shocks mounted to the lower arm.
0: Let me ask you a question. If you could wave a magic wand and change a couple things about the UTV world, what would you change? I don't know about that. Is there anything that, that really drives you nuts or is there anything that you think, man, if they just did this from the get go, it would be 10 times better?
1: Uh, not really. Cause I think they're building a machine that is a universal machine. Agreed. Uh, if, if they made a race car, it would just be so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people really like customizing all their stuff, yeah uh, they've came a long way though because honestly, stock suspension we've got a 15 uh razor that we just pretty much keep all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and it's got stock suspension on it, and we've drove it everywhere, but man, those radius rods are so thin, yeah, I can kick them and put' them, bend them back, you know, yeah. oh yeah. So they came a long way. They've listened. But, you know, players started out West Coast, you know, sand racing. You didn't really need that much for sand. Yeah. You didn't want all to wait. And then the East Coast come, come around and they're like, well, this is not working over there. So mm-hmm. they, I think they've. everybody says, you know, they should do all this stuff. But I really think they've made changes that for a stock person, you can buy them now. And they hold up a lot more than they did four or five years ago.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. One thing that I noticed, I have a 17, 1000 XP. Uh, all my hardware is uh, 18, 18 millimeter on my entire car. That's a oh, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. I, had, I was taking everything apart and I was like pulling out bolts that are, you know, thicker than my hand. And I was like, wow, this is, this is
1: probably why I haven't had any issues out of this car yet. They stepped them bolts up a lot for those years. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. But uh Yeah. I think they, I think they've made a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, and I try to tell people like if you if you take your stock razor out and you climb a hill and roll it down, and something breaks. I mean, would your stock Jeep have made that and not broke something? Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not going to buy anything that's race ready.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything that I would add right out of the gate, uh, I would add harnesses. And uh, that would probably that probably be it really. Um,
1: Pro XP comes with harnesses, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. I have I've, I've heard some things. So they're retractable harnesses. They like you got to like pull them from all directions. I've heard people about having issues with the
1: retraction stuff, but um, and they don't want to uh, roll up. And honestly, I I just heard some people say they just they hit the brakes and they got some movement before they actually catch them. That's not good. Um, and I, I think that was like a Can Am thing. I don't. I, I really heard nobody say it about that, but it may not even be Can Am. May have just been that style of harness. Yeah. You know, market one. Hmm. It, you know, well, if you do a lot of extreme riding, it's kind of
2: sketchy. Yeah.
0: yeah. So let me let me end, let's end with this. Uh, tell me about some of your favorite stuff in the off-road industry. Where's your if you have a weekend or a week uh, and you can
1: let me ask you this. Have you been West Coast first? Have you been to like Utah and all those places? So we have been saying we're going to go for the past two or three years and. Mm-hmm. Our business is growing so fast that it's like I may have could have went, but I couldn't afford it. Sure. Uh, I was doing all the work. And then when I could afford it, I couldn't go because we had too much work. Yeah. and now <laughs> We've got so many employees and there's so much stuff going on that I've got to oversee. It's just hard to leave mm-hmm. for that amount of time. Um, but me and Carter's really threatening to go. <laughs> Well, to King of Hammers and go race this buggy. So, well, we'll see. But I definitely, I really want to go try it out. um I like to go to Utah and ride around mm-hmm. and just experience the. It it amazes me that you can take a basic like BFG style all terrain tire and climb these hills. Yeah, agreed. It's, and they all on the bus. They're like, "Why are y'all hitting it so hard?" I'd be like, "Please come." Try it out if you haven't. Come try some East Coast Hills out. Yeah. We wouldn't hit it so hard if we didn't have to. Yeah, that's a
0: fact. I mean, yeah, we'll just, yeah, yeah, that's a fact. We'll leave it there. Uh, Okay, so where is your favorite uh, place to go ride? Uh, If you were going to go
1: pick a weekend, you're going to go take off right now. Where are you going to go ride? Honestly, this is really surprising to me, because I have only went there one time, and I really didn't get to try it out, and I just recently have went. Having a razor buggy that's built to race is not the best trail rider. Agreed. Um, really just, I felt like I was going to break something because there was probably something hanging on the edge that was about to break. Yeah, I understand usually that. The case. And having a smaller fuel tank and running racing fuel was just not efficient for trail riding either. Um, but uh, like a month ago, we went to Winrock, and that's the first time I've been there and i was really against i was like hey let's go to these small places if we tear it up we can just drag it a mile and get our truck to it and just pull Mm -hmm. it out of the woods it's no big deal we're not two hours away from a ride Mm -hmm. Uh, so i was really just anti that big of a part but we really had a good time um lots of different trails to ride and we were driving that little stock 15 so we took it fairly easy but there were still a few places that were kind of hard but Mm -hmm. um I kind of took a ride and break for a while because we just got really busy. Mm-hmm. We rode at the house, but we didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like fell back in love with it that weekend. I was like, man, this is, I really missed it way more than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, and seeing all those heels, like I think it's uh, like a devil's elbow spot right there. It looked pretty rough. Have you seen that? That's a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we really wanted to try it, but it's like, man, these, <laughs> these stock parts may not take it. <laughs> And we can yeah. from the truck, so that's definitely. Uh, we got a trip planned. A couple of us go in uh, in about a month and a half, maybe. And make sure that new buggy's ready so we can go and have a good time and try to hit some of those heels. Yeah,
0: there. I'll tell you, man. That's my. That's hands down the best park in this in the state and in the area, in my opinion. Just because, uh, like I said, I've said it on the podcast a hundred million times. We'll do eight hours one way, go find, go have dinner, and then eight hours back, and not ride the
1: same trail twice. Yeah. So y'all, so we, go, eat, y'all go ride somewhere y'all can eat though.
0: Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll go from uh, if you want to stay at Windrock, uh, which has the nicer. If you're going to do like RV or camping, I would highly recommend Windrock. Um, if you're going to do hotel, the Royal Blue Hotel is nice. Just make sure your stuff's locked up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but. Either if you so essentially, those are the two endpoints. If you're if you start in Royal Blue, you want to ride to Winrock and you want to ride to the prison, um, yeah, and then go have lunch at the prison and then come back. We yeah. tried to find a prison, but we didn't know if we were going. It's so it's way easier than people make it out to be. Um, in fact, here I'll, I'll show you a little quick. You're gonna drive down the road, um, for like a, just a second.
1: We We weren't sure, and we weren't used to Tennessee rules like could we drive down the road?
0: So the town that is in, uh, that that has the jail, it's called Petros. And it, uh, I mean, I'll tell you this. We found the jail like years and years ago before it was a popular thing and before it was open to the public. And, you know, we would, we went to the general store and like the guy who owned the general store, he is on the, he's like a judge. And like partially the sheriff and I was like okay this guy we're not gonna have we're gonna have no issues here because obviously we're talking to the guy who runs yeah. the town. and uh, I think it's changed since then um, but it was it was a really really great time but if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna do a blue aim for the prison I'm trying to find you the map here but the map is just yeah we cool. we got a cabin
1: at Rock, so we were right there but yeah. we didn't drive to the very far point uh we drove pretty much the whole thing we just kind of stayed on the basic trails and didn't get too wild
0: Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to find this map man but anyways basically you take the 20s the trails to the left if you're looking at the map you take them on the left side yeah you just jump into this creek and then you drive out of the creek and you're in some neighborhood uh, but that's just it's and then you're in the city mm-hmm. uh, so that's one that's, yeah right it's like it's like some kind of you have like a cow gate and then you go into the creek and then literally the creek turns into the road so call yeah. it whatever. Uh, but that's always fun but if you stay at Windrock which is what I recommend drive to the Mexican restaurant uh, at Royal Blue have Mexico and then you got a good night ride coming back yeah. because get back into the TWRA land you have to go through the dragon's back and dragon's back is an awesome trail. You'll hit Panama city, which is the sand at the top of the mountain and then coming back down the, the other side of the dragon's back. That is terrifying at night. It's, you have, you know, you're really kind of like a 45 coming off this hill. Yeah. And on the right is like, I don't know, probably 400
1: feet drop. And it's just, it is what it is, but it's a great, great trail. Yeah, I might have to hit you back up before we go and see what are you gonna do.
0: Yeah, uh, we've got I, my my buddy has the map system. He's got it all mapped out. Everywhere we go, got maps to the Eternal Flame, all that kind of stuff. Um, staying at Brimstone is also cool too. We always rent the cabin farthest away from the entrance, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of fun riding out there. Same 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 thing though. You just ride to one
1: point or another. Brimstone's like smack in the middle. Yeah, we didn't get that far. But it was a good experience for the first time. I yeah. mean, we even know where all we were at, but yeah, you're going to you're going to do it this time because yeah, you know, you're getting prepared for it and that's what it takes to go do that kind of ride. Yeah. My gals are going with, they've been a few times so and they're driving four-door X3, so they're not scared to climb some hills.
0: Yeah, they can they'll by the time they make it up the hill, they're they're already up the hill, the back of their car is going to be coming up the hill. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those I are don't cool. I'll would, would climb anything, but they're pretty impressive. It it just goes to show you how much how important wheelbase is. I have thirty inch wheelbase.
2: That's stuff.
0: Ten for, for those who don't like have the idea of wheelbases, it's ten inches longer than your average bouncer. Yeah. So <laughs> that's crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, but Tim, that's we're almost at an hour and forty minutes. Uh, do you have anything else? Did we miss anything? You want to talk anything else? Um, we could probably
1: talk about all kinds of stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just invite everybody out to the ride, man. It's going to be, uh, obviously, I mean, we're really excited. Me and Jeremy was talking about the other day. Um, we just He kind of wrote up like a little uh, paragraph thing that he put somewhere that was kind of how it started and all that stuff. And I called him. He sent it to me and said, read over this and make sure this is good. And I called him. I like, said, man, it is amazing. Just read it just actually reading it and like man this is year three and i know there's been some special things happen that's kind of caused you know different things to come together but it's just turned into just a really great event i mean it's going to be a weekend of stuff to do the whole time
2: yeah
1: you know everything's going to be fun uh lots of races everybody can enter uh you know stuff for the crowd to do too getting the races uh and then of course between Clyde and Joey putting on a great race, uh, all the big bouncers coming for a points race. Oh yeah! Classic, good old rock hills on the side of a mountain. That's going to be a good time. Well, I
0: I, uh, I, I will. I'm, I'm still debating on whether or not I can make it due to uh, my pregnant wife. So that yeah. makes me. Oh, I can never commit to anything anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm so excited, man. I'm. I'm found out we're going to be having little boys. So. I'm just like over the moon and trying to do everything I can yeah. to just get us, just get us there. That's all I care about. Just getting us to that point where everybody's ready to pop in and pop out. Yeah. I
1: was like a five minute heartbroken when I found out I was having a little girl,
2: oh, yeah. uh,
1: but then it was, it's the best thing. But then I got my son anyway, you know, through marrying marry him a It's just, it's worked out great.
0: Yeah, man. i tell you what, having, uh, so my stepdaughter, she's seven and, uh, I was just I was telling my wife this the other day. Um, I did not expect to like, you know, you, you go into things and you're kind of like, oh, you know, we'll be cordial. Everybody will be happy and everybody coexist. And now, like, I'm running out of my room just so I can go annoy her and get on her nerves. And I'm just like, I like—I never thought I would have such an attachment to this to this kid. And, and man, it's just I'm so happy. Uh, it's one of those things where like everybody who has, doesn't have kids. I, I, I cannot tell you like all the cheesiness, especially people that are young. They're like,
2: Oh, like kids,
0: uh, you lose a lot of, you know, you lose all this freedom. I have so much
1: fun with hanging out with her that it's all worth it. Every bit of it. Yeah. That's like, uh, my son, you know, he was really distant. Uh, he just not, well, when he was younger, he just, really wasn't open to new people and sure. there was a lot of changes going on, you know, with us getting married and stuff. And he was, he was a little distant and really uh riding the go-karts and the buggies brought him and me and him like really close together. Like he was, I'm not a big like play baseball sports kind of person and, yeah. and all he had done so far. And, and now he's loving, that's all he wants to talk about is razors and race. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's great. It's, but it's really brought us together a ton. Uh, yeah, yeah. Made everything different.
0: I uh, I love it, man. I love it. Like I said, I, I just love the unexpected nature of all of it too. And uh, like I said, we'll get. I'm gonna get Emmy, and I'm gonna get her in the in the razor this fall. And we're gonna do a lot of riding before baby brother gets here. So yeah. uh, it will all be fun. But uh, Tim, uh, any
1: anything else you want to say before we close it out? I think we're. Uh uh, well, our new cutters are just, are you know, let I said, they're blowing up. We're getting yeah. them. Up. And now for the next week or two, we're going to be really pushing stuff out that customers have been waiting on. Um, but we're trying to finish the buggy up really soon. We haven't really pushed ticket sales because we, we don't really have something we can just show them, like, this is what you're winning. Yeah, um, And we're trying to get that done uh, within the next week. And, uh, you know, just you can get tickets PayPal, Venmo, uh, you can even call the office and, you know, credit card if you want to get uh, entered up that way. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you remember last year that guy that won it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, his wife was actually recovering for cancer from the third time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was amazing. Um, but we will announce the winner of that that Saturday night uh, after all the races. Okay. So If they're there, they'll be going home with it. They got enough room on the trailer. Oh, that's so <laughs> exciting. But so not have to be there to win. So we sold tickets all over the country last year. A bunch of operators yeah. stepped in and bought tickets. Well, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're really gonna start pushing it uh next week. Okay. And get out there.
0: Cool. Well, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to uh, promote it on the page and everything. Um so everybody can find you uh on the social medias for Brush Monster, Brush Monster Industrial. Brush Monster. Uh, uh, the hydraulics, United Hydraulics, NEA Metal and Coating, and then obviously uh, Rocky Hollow
1: Metal. Uh, where are you at on Instagram? Um, it's Tim Okay, cool. Uh, anything else? We're good to go. That's it, man. I've enjoyed it, uh, dude. Me too. To get on and talk about our event. Uh, I mean, we're it's, it still don't even seem real that this is what we started and year three is blown up to be such a, uh, amazing event. Um, so they, you know, they got camper spots are pretty much taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you can self support out there if you still want to in a camper. We've worked a bunch of volunteers, tons of people have brought their equipment, mm-hmm. uh, ran it all weekend to help this park out to make this possible. It's crazy. All the people that's just come out and volunteered. uh, guys that work for me and a couple other people, they've just shown up on Saturday and cutting trees and dragging limbs. Yeah. It's, we're super appreciative of that. When we had to move it, uh, people just started contacting us like, Hey, I got a bulldozer. I got an excavator. What do mm-hmm. you need? Come and help. When are we going to be there? So that off road community's always had a, you know, it's a different, it's a whole group on its own that most people don't notice that it's such a, a big group of friends. And just like you were discussing, you know, kind of, how Clyde and Joey's coming together. Uh, everybody's just, you know, coming together to help make make it happen at, in a last minute. So, yeah. really, excited. everybody's going to have a good time, and all the families and stuff, that will help, that we're trying to support. Uh, give them some, you know, you're not giving them, they, they can't have much when your kids have cancer, but if we can just give them an extra week or a, another time, you know, we even talked about trying to support a if they, you know, maybe we could put some of them on a trip that mm-hmm. has not been able to go somewhere. Anything we can do to just kind of ease some of that and give them a good memory with their family.
0: I think that's very, that's, that's beyond kind, man. Really
1: yeah. it is. It, it's a lot of work uh, that we put into that, you know, families put into and where me and him's been gone <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, weekends just going working for free just to try to make sure this events where it needs to be for everybody that comes.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I know it'll go off without a, without a blip. And I know that the Hills are going to be awesome.
1: Um, like I said, I'll, I'll give you, if I'm going to be able to make it I'll let you know, uh, yeah. see if I can, I'll, but if not, you know, you're going to have a, uh, if you don't make it, it'll still be a good time for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And trust me. I'll be watching the videos whenever they go live too.
0: Uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh tim thanks for being on the show man we will close it out here and then we can hang out for a few minutes and uh chit chat i appreciate it buddy yes sir first thing you can do for me is make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you choose to listen make sure you're subscribed and getting notifications also be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at racing on the rocks today's show is brought to you by the single best tire in the utv market to date i I just got done watching the southern rock racing series uh cup series and i uh, had a couple guys get flats and let me tell you what they wouldn't get by using the super grip atv k9 tire they wouldn't be getting flats i personally run these tires run them in the kevlar have greatly abused these tires and when i say abuse these tires I've put them in crazy situations. So if you're on the fence looking to try something new, I highly recommend the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. Uh, Eight ply sidewalls alongside uh, some of the most deep and aggressive tread lugs that money can buy. It's been a really great tire for me. Um, I personally recommend and run the standard compound. uh, And I can tell you that Supergrip is just making their tires better and better and they should be more readily available in the coming weeks because Supergrip is actually doubling their production. So go check them out, Super Grip ATV on Facebook, Instagram, and superatv.com. Second, I want to tell you about my friends over at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. This dude is like a shock refurbishing machine. Uh, he does tuning while he's in there, but one of the craziest things that he's been posting here lately is these shocks that he's getting from buddies and customers, and basically the way a shock is set up is you have an outer body, a piston, and then there's partly fluid, and then there's partly uh, gas in some of those shocks there's nitrogen in the oil which is the gas and the oil they're getting all mixed up it's foamy bubbly nasty basically it's not even worth having the shock on the car and i mean when it really comes down to it because you're going to get a really crappy experience out of it it's not something that you want to do um, shock servicing should be done you know pretty regularly i'm using that lo- loosely here because i mean i've only had it done to my vehicle once because i've only owned one that long that needed shock servicing for that length of time. But I can tell you right now, um, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is the place to have it done, whether it's your full size, side-by-side, your whatever it may be, your Jeep, whatever it is. He can get you fixed up and if you are looking to buy a setup or you know do some this or that, uh, Diddy's Big Block does everything from shock tuning, shock servicing, turnkey builds, wiring, and is even a parts manufacturer for a lot of different things, including Mark Williams Enterprises. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Give those guys a follow. They are excellent. Third is All Things UTV. Guys, I saw a... Uh, a video this week in, the, in one of the Honda groups on Facebook, and, in, and it was like a seventy-five foot tree had come f- straight through the floorboard of his Honda Talon, and I just I had to comment on there and, and throw my two cents in because uh, there's a reason that those inner fender liners are a necessity, and it is to save your life or your passenger's life. I can now go fast and not necessarily have to worry about things coming through the floorboard. I mean, I don't. I'm more concerned that I'm going to run into a tree. But the beautiful part of it all is I don't have to worry about those crazy objects coming through the floor because All Things UTV has me hooked up with a set of their inner fender liners. I bought those, and they are super tight fit, super snug, and I installed them in about 25 minutes. Very much so, a very important upgrade. Uh, that and their Tender Spring upgrades should be something that every new razor or UTV owner gets right out of the box. All things UTV on Facebook, Instagram, and allthingsutv.com. Fourth, and not finally, Irate rate 4x4. So for those who kind of haven't caught on to what Irate 4x4 is, it is a technical form, um, a lot like one of the old forms that used to be out there that's very, very famous. Um, but you get a whole bunch of different things. You can get, uh, obviously you have the forum post, there's articles, there's events, there's a store, tons of resources and tons of different groups on the website as well. That's irate4x4.com. And let me just run you through some of these trending posts. Um, They've been posting a whole lot of pictures on their Instagram and Facebook this week. It's been awesome, but there's a post here about a, an F-150 crawler build, an 89 F-150. It's a really cool build. Uh, shop, consumables, and, and then basically, this guy's asking for uh, budget-friendly options for those little things in the shop that just seem to go way too fast. Uh, everything from that to wire feed, welder product, and even uh, conversations about mismatched diff splines. And that's just on the front page. It goes way better, way deeper, in all kinds of other different topics. If you're looking for a location to get solid information about your rig, if you have questions, or even build a build thread so you can go back in five years after you've sold your rig and reminisce. irate4x4.com, irate4x4 on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite off road is the best. I'm actually going down to the owner's house this weekend because I keep blowing fuses in my car. So I'm going to have to put everything to a relay because the guy who had my machine before me wired everything to the accessory pole. So I'm in all kinds of fun. Whether it's rock lights, whips, wheel rings, mouth getting dry here, <laughs> rock lights, whips, wheel ring, light bar, light pod wiring or power controllers for your UTV, full-size Jeep or truck, Infinite Off-Road has it all for you. Um, I can tell you because I personally use their products. I, like I said, I'm just going to go get another wiring, a couple wiring kits this weekend to not only simplify my wiring process, but I'll be able to add in a relay with pretty much no knowledge of electric anything. I actually gave Mike a call and Told him, hey man, here's what I'm doing and here's what I'm thinking. Here, What do I need? And he told me what I needed and told me I'd be able to do it because I don't want to set anything on fire and all that kind of fun stuff that comes with electricity. So uh, they're really the best and their customer service is seriously unparalleled. They give listeners of the podcast 10% off the entire website. I'll be using that myself this weekend. At infiniteoffroad.com, 10% off with code word ROCKS.